If you want another one, bro, I ate the sandwich. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, dog. Yo, papa, comer, loco. We can go eat somewhere, bro. Like late as of late, bro. I, I don't, I don't eat. I get funny, dude, because I, I don't eat as much. But um, my wife, my wife was telling me that she's like, you smoke weed a lot. I'm like, I don't smoke weed. She's like, I see your fucking pen. And I told her I only use it to give myself an appetite. I said because I'm not hungry. And I don't know if I told you, but no. Um, I went in to uh, get a sister moved. Right here, you're gonna take this car right here. Oh, that's right. I thought I. I posted it. Mm -hmm. I posted it on my social media that I, you know, I, they bought it in 2019. Um, I left it alone. I didn't fucking care. Um, but then it started bugging me. It started giving me headaches. So um, I went in. The doctor's like, oh yeah, it's a sebaceous cyst. When I fucking want to see the dermatologist, the dermatologist is like, oh yeah, it's a cyst. We'll get it out. I was like, right, cool. Let's get that shit out. Bro, come to find out that um, when he pulled it out, it's a lipoma. Lipomas are tumorous and can develop cancer. Um, and the doctor, the dermatologist, was telling me, he's like, I scraped that area because I felt him, bro. Like I felt him, like scrape, bro. Like I, I, I could, I, I could hear, that. I could hear him. He's, he's like, and I could feel it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you were asleep? No, I was awake, bro. I was awake the whole time. He numbed it. He numbed it. So all I did was just like, sit there like this. He and he numbed it, and I was like, all right, whatever. But when he said, when he got the results back, when I went to get my stitches removed, he's like, yeah, it's a lipoma. He's like, I'm gonna. Uh, forwarded over to a oncologist, and um, your doctor and the oncologist are gonna go over with you. Mm -hmm. I haven't told my wife anything, right? Um, but if it is that you know I, I do have cancer or whatever, like that, I'm like you're sitting right now, bro. Grab your food, grab your drink, sit back and relax, watch the fight. I'm fucking, I'm fucking this shit up. I'm fucking taking vengeance for my dad. Mm -hmm. Of course, like I said before, to my wife. I'm not scared of dying. I'm scared of leaving you and my son behind and I can't protect you. Right. That's it. This is like, I'm like, come in yet. We'll go to mom and dog, so. But yeah, man. It's, um, it's the reason I think why I fucking smoke, dog, is because I, I, I don't get hungry. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I'm, I'm hungry because I woke up early. But up on the regulario, I'm barely waking up right now. Yeah? Yeah. So, when I sleep in, 7.38. You see, that was me before. But see, that's good though, you're up that, because it's true, dogs. I, 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 I hear these fucking quotes, he's like, if you get up at 10, Steve Harvey said it, if you get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, the stock market's already been open for seven hours. Mm -hmm. And you've been sleeping on that. He's like, if you get up before the sun is up, stock market's open you can get on the stock market and do your trading and i'm like fuck he's right dude and as of lately because i mean i have a month and 20 days to go back to work i have to get back in my routine right or i fall asleep at eight o'clock and i woke up at 4 30 in the morning and I trabajar. but it's fucking hard dude it, it, it's just a form of habit yeah because even when i first when i first uh, was out of my injury i was up at four o'clock in the morning dude, and i'm like you were so used to. Yeah. And my wife was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't sleep. She's like, well, yeah, because you're used to the sleep schedule. So then my sleep schedule just went from fucking like this to like that. Bam. It's tough. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And of course, just like anything, it's hard. Like, it's it's, it's, um, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's not difficult, right? Like, yeah. Um, like yesterday, we had a soccer game with my boys, right? And then we won the first two games of non-league. 
freaking two to one at East Valley in the Valley, and then the home game, goleada, 12-0. What the fuck? I know, no mercy. So There's no mercy rules? No. <laughs> Not with me. Right? But then, the first half I had in my starters, six goals. And I was like, nah. Then I put on the JV squad. <laughs> six goals. But at halftime, I told the boys, I'm like, yes, we can score. But what are we really learning? You know what I'm saying? Let's keep the ball away from these guys. Play yeah. Rondo. Keep mm-hmm. possession. And make sure that we are utilizing the width of the field. We penetrate and we split them. Right. Don't dribble through them because we're not learning anything. So well, yes, what are you getting? Like, what are you getting out of that? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like, you know Ballon de Oro? No. There's no fucking awards here. So for then, that shit. when we came back to practice on Monday after the week um, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They were going through the motions, and I stopped the practice at that spot. Now I, I get loud. Of course. And I was like, bring it in. I'm like, you guys haven't won shit. If you guys think those two little pity victories are is gonna, you guys already won, you guys have already losing the game for tomorrow. I go, do you really think that with an hour practice that we have, we're gonna win a championship? I go, other schools are practicing six, seventh period, and after school. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that we practice that full hour very dedicated and self-disciplined. We did that shit at Granada. Bro, remember? Sixth period, mm-hmm. the bell rang, everybody went in, fuck, you guys are staying here. Mm-hmm. We practiced for another two hours. Yeah. From from 2.30 from, to about 4.30, because the bus came at 5.30. Uh-huh. Um, we'd fucking leave and we'd and go, we go to, um, what do they call Burger it? Burger King. Or <laughs> well, the pizza spot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then, I told the boys yesterday before the game, I'm like, hey, because Palisades is a powerhouse, Division One. Oh, fuck yeah. Right? Pally High? Yeah. You know who that coach is over there, right? Who? He fucking played uh, Division One with fucking um, in college. What's his name? Ah, uh, fuck, this is Moreno. Well, I don't know if it's still him, but when, when uh, two years ago. Marvin? I think that's what his name is. But well, I know has, Marvin. He has um, he has, he's a black dude with he looked like um, Kobe Jones. He had the little dreads. Okay, I don't think that's him anymore. I've been coaching at Laces for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So my first season with Steve. Oh, that was the only game we won, and it was the last minute goal, the last minute haymaker, bro. Right, and then so before the match, and before the match, I told the boys in like, and actually. The night before, I had a Zoom meeting with them. And I think that's what's making a difference. Right. Because we're bonding. Well, you talk to them the night before. It's like you're giving them a pep talk. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get back to that pep talk in a minute. But one of the things I I, um, I told them was like, every dog has his day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like... And, yeah, and, 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 and I go, don't think of this as a, as a, as a family because that's the worst thing you could do. There's, with families, I'm like, there's always bickering left and right. With brotherhood, it's a whole different fucking thing. It's a different story. I told them, take a look at the military. They talk about themselves as brotherhoods. Why? Because, yeah, I can be mad at you, but if somebody steps up... They're hey, getting fucked up. I'm going to like, yo, he's not alone. What's up? Yeah. You feel me? That's how it works. That's how it always works. Right. So then, yesterday before the game, they were like, because their mentality is always like, fuck, we got Pally. I'm like, no. It's it's already, let me, let me tell you, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with you. No. 
It's that negativity. Right. It's the negativity that they have that they're playing a bigger a bigger team, mm-hmm. a bigger, better team, mm-hmm. and they feel that they're going to lose. Right. That, oh, fuck. We're, it's like, oh, well, we're, we're just a, a backyard baseball team, and we're going to go play a fucking park that's organized. No, 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 no. You don't look Sound at like it the that way. Exactly. You... Your kids need to take that fear out of there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you'd like, well, I can I can go with you to practice one day. And I can fucking get, I can motivate them for you. I can talk to them for you. I mean, I know you probably mm-hmm. don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you I'm sure you're a great coach, but I think that. Hearing it from someone else. Hearing it from an outsider's perspective, like you never second guess yourself. You never doubt yourself. Right. Because the minute you doubt yourself, mm-hmm. you're already giving yourself that, you're already giving your opponent that advantage. Because inside mentally, you're already breaking. You're already expecting right. to lose. You already gave that match. Right. You already quit. And that's and, not how it should be. And then I told them too, like, <clears throat> once you guys come into the field, forget about the outside distractions. Yeah. Do not get distracted. Understand we're gonna be have home court advantage, but do not pay attention to that. Stay in. Stay in the game. Stay listen in. to me. Exactly. Learn how to listen, but don't look at me. Learn how to listen to my instructions because once you turn your head and you're listening to me, that guy's gonna go right past go by past you, right? Of course. So then I took him outside. We had a good warm-up. They were they were they were on the zone. They weren't joking around, they were straight, like they knew mm-hmm. human business. So I'm like, I told the guys the night before, I'm like, you guys get out of class at 115. We should be all on the field by 130. Mm-hmm. We should be ready by 150, having a good 20, 25 minute warm-up. And I want to finish the warm-up 15 minutes prior to the kickoff so that we can talk. Of course. Boom. Said and done. Step by step. Structured. And I told the guys, I understand that a lot of you guys have teammates and you guys play on the weekends with each other. But guess what? They're not your teammates right now. So does Neymar and Messi. Right. Right? So now it's a great opportunity for you to showcase your skills as a team to what you bring to your team. Right. Right? Dude, first half, 0-0. Zero, zero. The first 15 minutes, yeah, Palisades had it. Like, you know, they had possession. They had the possession. Right? And then we started getting into that group. Right. And then, I mean, they don't get out of class until 3.30. So by 2.30 when the game started, everybody started coming out. So we had a crowd. Where were you guys at, Pally? Home. Oh, Laces. Okay, Laces, okay. right. We had a home court advantage. Boom. Second half, the belt, the, the freaking rep blew the whistle. I'm like, took him to the other end so they could pay attention to me. I'm like, good. I gave him freaking like candy and shit, some sugar to get in the yeah. body. <clears throat> I'm like, guys, uh, the game is 50 50 right now. We had a slow start, and that's fine. But look at the way you're playing. Yeah. I'm like, look. They haven't scored a fucking game of goal on you. I'm like, when you guys started getting possession, the game even down. Yeah. And I go, we knocked on the door twice, crossbar. And what happened? We built momentum. We know we could do it. Well, you instilled fear in them, thinking like, oh, fuck, this isn't the team we thought we were. Laces isn't the fucking weak team that we thought they were. Right. And then on the second half, I told them, let's win possession. And let's keep them on their side of the field. Right. Let's pressure the crap out of them. Mm. You want the other side? Comételo. Highly right now. Comételo. Just here. And then uh, I'm like, and then I'm like, dude. So this kid, right? He's a, and then I told him at the beginning of the uh, first half, too, I'm like, look, we already, they already know that we're gonna look for Andres. Andres scored 27 goals like in 14 games. Fuck. Right? Wait, wait, wait. 27 goals in 14 games? Yeah. That's averaging two goals a game. Yeah. Easily, bro. Because you're, yeah, because you're, you're. And he already one has, shy of fucking 28. And he already has four. He already has four goals in two games. 
right? Anyways, I told them, they're going to mark two guys on, on Andres, at least. So that's going to go ahead and shift them to the left side. Right. I go, let's go ahead and maximize our right side. I go, because if Andres gets the ball, he has to go to two or three. I go, but if España gets the ball and they're seeing that we're going that way, guess what's going to happen? It's going to open it up. If they're going to they're gonna split down the middle so you guys can just attack. Dude, right ninth minute, freaking Andres gets the ball. He takes some to the wing. He dribbles through them. He brings them back, dribbles again, pumps on the second defender, takes a shot opposite side. There you go. Golazo. Bye. And then what happens to the morale? You guys just fucking Boom. morale goes up. And then I had a kid, uh, I had a, another kid that like, he needed to come out in the first half and I put another kid in. And I, sh I shut him out. I'm like, yo, that is what we need. I only have three people on the bench. Whoever steps in, right. it's going to be like if nothing happened. Right. Because he's putting in more effort. Which you guys are building confidence among each other that right. I know I can take a break because such and such is going to come in. Mm -mm. I don't feel forced to. No, there is no breaks. Just because so-and-so you know so comes in, you don't fucking ease mm -hmm. off. So then, so that was the victory yesterday. So I didn't even celebrate it, right? Because I'm like, I got to get JV. I, so I said it like a boss, like, yeah, we fucking won. Next, move on to the next game. All right. You know what I'm saying? That's how you got to do it, bro. And then, and then JV, JV is 12 players maybe. And there's a lot of, like, there's a handful of, like, handful of players that can play varsity, but I see it like, why am I going to put you in varsity if I know I'm not going to give play you playing time? Right. It's not fair, right? Right. So then they were just, like, going through the motions, and there's some kids that really wanted to play, like, they were putting effort. Right. And I told them, guys, halftime, you guys are still in varsity trials. Because you're, you're in JV and you're in a varsity game doesn't mean you're part of varsity. Right. You're just here to fill in in case I get an injury. Right. I'm like, and if you do not want to be here, because if you're going to turn around after the game and talk shit, mm -hmm. please feel free to leave. I'm like, I'm waiting. Uh, I don't say because I don't it's not. Nah, uh -uh. If you're going to say something, say it here. Yeah. Say it now. And that's if fine. You, and I respect you know, it. Exactly. And I, I respect, respect it. you more for saying it in my face than to my back. Right. And I'm like, because I have three or four players right now that we will be pulling up to varsity. But don't be surprised if you did or you didn't get pulled up to varsity once we go playoffs. Right. Dude, they gave me one hell of a second half. All of them? Yeah. Well, because, uh, and I'll tell you why, and it's not because of the fact that you're being a dick about it. You're, you're being, you're being a coach that needs to be a coach. Right. What I'm trying to say is, is you're, you're being, you're pretty much Acting like a coach that cares for their players, that wants them to progress mm -hmm. instead of regressing them. You know, because when we played fucking ball, you know, when I played fucking football, they I played JV, and they're like, okay, well, we're gonna bring you up to varsity. Okay, I didn't play for shit in varsity, but they had me there mm -hmm. in case something happened. I didn't fucking know that because they never told me. When I wrestled with Coach Lake, I did JV and varsity because I was the only one in my weight category. To me, I was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna kick ass in JV, and I'm gonna kick ass in varsity, I'm gonna fuck up JV. Mm -hmm. And I did, and I did, and it, it was fucking great. But the mentality that the coaches had back then to the coaches now, bro, back then there were some hard asses on us. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you ever dealt with Coach Lake, but that guy was, that guy was one of the reasons why I think I ended up the way I did in life, bro, because that man told me one day, if you quit right now, and he said it because one guy quit, and he said, if he quits on you right now, this is something that's easy. You guys look at it as hard. Mm -hmm. But if he quits on you right now, 
What else is he gonna quit on in life later? Everything. You're gonna put everything. Oh, this is hard. I'm gonna stop. Oh, I don't want to do it because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you know, I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I was at the point that I was gonna quit, bro. And I told Coach Lake. I told him, my coach, you know, I feel like quitting. He's like, why? I'm, like, I'm scared. He's like, it's okay to be scared, Hernandez. He's like, it's perfectly fucking fine. And that's how he talked to me. He's like, it's perfectly fucking fine. And when he talked, he spit, bro. Mm-hmm. And he always had that fucking the the uh, Granada Hills wrestling hat, mm-hmm. the trucker hat, bro. And I'm like, he's like, it's okay to be scared. He's like, but this is what determines you as being a man or staying a child. He's like, if you quit now, I said it before, what are you going to quit on later in life? Something as hard as this for you right now, you're going to quit? He's like, what happens when you get in a tougher situation? You're going to cower down? And he would always tell us, you don't have you don't have a spinal cord, you have yellow fluid on your back. And I'm like, fuck. And when he said that shit, dude, I would fucking get mad, dude. I would, I would spar against one of the other guys. I know he was on my team, but I would fuck his ass up. Right. Because of the fact that if, I, if, if I'm going to wrestle you, I'm not going to make it easier. Yeah. Because you know he's doing the same thing to you. Exactly. And, you know, when I wrestled the bigger dudes, like, because I didn't have a fuck, they would fuck me up. But I would do my best to fucking get up, dog. I would get, I would fucking get, do my best. So when you went to, a, to your division, you come across guys your well, size. they were, they were, like, my first varsity tournament, I'll tell you this much, bro. I took second place. All right. And I lost my first match to some dude in El Camino. Fucking, like, lined up on the line. What the fuck happened? I swear to you, bro, it was easy like that. I went, and I'm like. But see, the beautiful thing about all that, right? Getting to the competition, the emotions running wild. Dude, right? It was horrible. I'm going to come back to that point. One of my kids, ninth, my midfielders, ninth beaters, bro. There you go. Ninth beaters. One of, one of the kids, I won't say his name because it's going to be public. We're going to start a shooting drill. I'm like, come here. He's like, what's up, coach? And you can, I'm little, bro. Motherfuckers are tall, right? <laughs> my son's bigger than you, dog. <laughs> and then um, I'm like, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling nervous. I'm like, are you feeling nervous or excited? Two different things. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty excited. I'm like, that's fine. You're it's good. normal to be nervous. You it's, know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's, going back to your point, your match, Nobody in the right mind watching from the bleachers knows the injuries we've had, mm-hmm. the weight cut that we have to do, the dedication, showing up to practice when we didn't want to. Fuck yeah. You know you were sore because from our previous day, you still showed up. Yeah. And then just making it there it's, to it's, the match? Yeah. It, it, it's a lot, bro. Right. It's, it's just lot. the price. Oh, Showing big time. Up to the price. You know, that, that, that year, man, it, it, I learned a lot. You know, I didn't know what the fuck it was like to feel sore. Like, I mean, I worked out and I ran and I, you know, and I did, you know, weightlifting with the, with football, you know, bench press, curling, squats, nothing like fucking wrestling, bro. Mm-hmm. Deadlifts, fucking cleaning jerks, cleans, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, what the fuck are these? You know, I'm like, I never done, dude. Mm-hmm. I was sore in places that I didn't think I could fucking be sore. And that one week, bro, we were giving up. Like, the coach took um, weight of everybody the day before. And he was already pissed, dude, because we were giving up maybe like four or five category, weight categories. He was fucking mad. He was living. Son of a bitch. Fucking giving up all these categories. You guys need to work on your weight. I'm like, fuck. There was already two people 
in the one uh, 162 category, right? So I'm like, there's gonna be me instituted. The, the, I think that's what his name was. I'm not sure. Um, this was the, the, there was some other guys in the in the uh, category as well. I went home and I told my dad. My dad's like, oh, cómo le fue? I was like, good, dad, good. He's like, uh, I got a wrestling meet tomorrow, you know. And he's like, yeah. Um, I, What's for, que vamos a comer? Like, what, what, what are we gonna eat? He's like, you're not gonna have anything to eat. He's like, you? You're gonna have oatmeal. Oatmeal, toast, and that's it. He's like, cause you gotta be ready for tomorrow. If you eat something heavy, you're gonna wake up tomorrow. You're gonna get, there was some panzonar, you're gonna feel fucking bloated, and then tomorrow morning, you're not, you're gonna, you're gonna perform like shit. All right. Bro, that morning I went in, we woke up. Yeah, I was happy, dude, because my dad was going to my wrestling meet. And um, we got an his Astro van, bro. Astro van? An Astro van, dog. An Astro van. We had an Astro van, That's bro. That's an upgrade from having, from, because we grew up in the generation where some parents had the, 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 the little Toyota trucks. The Mitsubishi, uh, the with Mitsubishi, With the camper in the yeah. back. And so the little was, seats. With the seats with, yep. the, with carpet. It was the seats with carpet. So this is the three type of vehicles that you know you were Latino and you had a lot of family members because you rolled it, right? <clears throat> It was um, um, it was a Mitsubishi van, the little van, the minivans, okay. Um, and I only remember those because when I went to Guatemala as a kid, they had those out there, bro. And uh, second one was gonna be a, a, either a Mitsubishi van or um, um, it was a Toyota. It was a Mitsubishi or Toyota. It was a minivan. Una pickup. Uh-huh. And then you had the Toyotas. <laughs> it was a Toyota, the Honda, the pickups with the fucking campers, mm-hmm. okay? Or it was an S10, because my dad had an S10 as well. <clears throat> so you had the camper with the tinted windows so they can't see anything. <laughs> they lined it with carpet, mm-hmm. and then they put cushions inside, like old fucking cushions from the house, bro. They, they don't want to use them like couches. That, that's an upgrade, though. That, that was an upgrade. That was definitely an upgrade. So we, my dad, like I said, he had an S10. They crashed it. He bought his Astro Man. We went with him that day. It was a nice Astro Man, bro. It had a, Those were popular. Yeah. Very yeah. popular. They're like they're like, they're like the, the 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 nowadays Odysseys or the Siennas. Yep. So mind you, my the van my dad bought it was an old delivery van. Okay. So the guy that that he got it from, he put carpet in it. He cleaned it up, bro. He you know made it look nice. I was like, all right. So we you know we fucking headed out, bro. And I was like, my dad knew where we were going. My dad drove for his company. Right. Um. So he knew where we were going. I told my dad, oh yeah, it's here and here. And then my dad's like, I know where that's at. I'm like. My dad's from fucking Central America, dog. My dad didn't have a high school education. My dad barely made it through middle school or junior high out there. Right. Coming out here, he became a fucking uh, a supervisor for the assembly line for Phillips Industries. Uh-huh. Um, and he was a driver. So fuck, I guess that's where I got my, my, my knowledge of the city because I would go to work with my dad and we would be fucking everywhere. That's crazy, huh? <clears throat> so back to the subject. We went to high, we went to, uh, it was, um, shit, it's, um, Westlake Village, high. Okay. It's up, uh, I believe it's Laurel Canyon or Coldwater Canyon, up in the hill. Some bougie stuff. It was a fucking preppy school, dog. Cause they have their own gym, they have their own pool, they have their own fucking uh, uh, weightlifting room, like all nice equipment. So I get to that morning, bro, and you know my younger brother's with me and my dad, and we check in, and then um, the coach is like, "All right, get in your skivvies and I'm like, "What the fuck's a skivvy?" Is, so your, I, is your was your onesie? Your fucking underwear. Your your fucking your. And I had to wear briefs, bro. I couldn't wear my boxers, bro. I had to wear uh, fucking briefs, bro. Like tantarans. <laughs> Seriously, bro. And I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm like, 
I'm looking around, bro, and all these motherfuckers, all these white boys, dog, they're put their fucking pants down like nothing. I was like, hey, man, shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Latino, dog. We, we don't do that shit at home. You know, like, who the fuck does that? So I, I take my fucking, my shorts off, my shirt, and then I weigh me. 156. And my coach is like, good job, Hernandez. That's another fucking category. He didn't say, he's fucking, and he looks around, he's like, that's another weight category we don't give up. He's like, good job. And then, you know, I look at my dad, and my dad's like, vaya, ve, le dije. You know, I told you. And I was like, all right. So then the coach is like, all right, you guys can go have breakfast. There was a Waffle House down the street, bro. And I'm thinking, my dad's going to take us to McDonald's, because, bro, a Latino household back in that time, in, in 95, 96, he wasn't making much money. No. He was. It, it was more like a McDonald's was a treat. Pretty much, it was like a luxury. Yeah, it was a luxury for us. You know, my my dad, we lived in a one bedroom apartment, bro, till I was fourteen, and we moved two houses over to a house that was a, a three bedroom, okay, three and a half bedroom. I had my own room. I never had my own room. My older brother had his own room. My parents had their room. My younger brother, my younger brother and I were sharing the room. But I moved to the half bedroom. I was like, fuck this. I don't want to be over there. <laughs> so I was in that room, dude. And I was, you know, I was chilling. Yeah, bro. And I felt, I felt like I was rich. I felt like a fucking See, that's millionaire. The thing. Like, I didn't have a bed. I didn't have a bed until I got married when I was 19. I slept on the floor in my parents' living room. And it's the sacrifices that they made for us, bro. And in that one bedroom apartment, bro. My dad had the bed and the room, and his kids. And his kids, we had a, we had bunk beds. Okay, we but had bunk beds. And you shared the bed. It was the, the bottom bunk was being shared by my older brother, my younger brother. My <laughs> my ass was in the middle bunk at the top. And you know what, dude? To me, that's the best. Time it was ever. the look, bro. We were rich. We were fucking poor. Cause I'm gonna say poor, bro, because I I I didn't have Nikes. I didn't have Reeboks. I didn't have Skechers. Sketches. I didn't have K-Swiss or the fucking uh, the, the British Knights. I had fucking Payless, bro. I had, I had XJ9000s. Which, if you look at them, go back. They're XJ9000s, and I had Pro Wings. Pro Wings. Those are the shoes from Payless, dog. Up until maybe I was 12 or 13, um, my grandma uh, would give me money. So I would but buy see, that's the cool thing, though. Because, in all honesty, when we're little... So like I want to say middle school, it's okay to wear whatever you want. It was because nobody in elementary. No. I mean, mind you, I, I went to we went to junior high school. Yeah. I was the last. I was the last of the junior high school. When I left in '95, it became middle school. Right. So it was okay to wear cheap brand shoes back then, bro. Because right. you know it, no, it wasn't the style. Right. You would get clowned on in middle school and junior high, but you wouldn't get clowned on as you do now. You know and and. And it's very unfortunate. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it always existed. It was just that now because of social media. Of course. And of course. Of the platforms. Oh, yeah. Big time. You know? And I think it's more of a bully type of stuff, but people don't see it like that. It, it is. At some point. It is a form of bullying. Because if, if, if I make fun of you, right, at the moment, you know, people might act cool, but we don't know what happens when they turn around. Exactly. And they go home. And we don't know... We don't know who they live with. Do they have both parents at home? Mm -hmm. Do they have a single mom? Do they have a single, a single dad? dad? Yeah. Do, do, do they live with their tia or their tío? Right. Is there domestic violence? Exactly. You feel me? And it's, it's. I mean, and even, it was, I think it was probably the same way back then with us, 
but it wasn't just it wasn't as bad as it is now like because you said, of the exposure because of the exposure because everybody now has social media because everybody's always grabbing their phone and recording everything right and it's and they laugh and that the thing that gets me bro is that they're recording somebody getting their head popped out uh, popped up rather than stick, calling the freaking cops. rather than rather than stopping the individual from doing that like you really want like you really want the attention and then they find it funny you know and 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 it's 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 something to me that i see these videos and i see how these kids act and the way they they, they conduct themselves but when they get caught okay first of oh, all dad. you weren't fucking crying when you bashed that fucking kid's head in with that pipe were you but now you want to fucking cry you want to act like a vindicator but now you want to you want to be the victim like this is the thing that that's been a topic of subject with me with a lot of my friends um, I think that ever since the government took parental authority from from us as parents, I mean, this would happen back then. We're not allowed to hit our kids because they'll take our kids from us, you know. And, and this is what they say: like, oh, you're not supposed to hit your child. First of all, I come from an era that I got fucking hit with anything, anything right. my mom had at her disposal at that moment in time. I got my ass fucking wrecked with it. Right. Whether it was, and I'll be honest with you, man, I've I've had. I, my mom threw a fucking iron at me as a kid. Um, you better dodge it, right? I barely yeah. fucking made it. That, that's a, that I was probably the original Neo, bro, dodging <laughs> shit, bro. Like my mom threw shit, and I was just like fucking doing the, the fucking matrix. But right it there. made you, it made you the individual that you are today. Well, it, because think, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't abuse. It wasn't. It wasn't, There's and it distance. was deserved. It was there, deserved because I got out of line. Right. And and I think that these kids nowadays, when they get out of line, um, the parents are scared to. To discipline them, I don't say I don't want to say all of the parents because I know, you know, there's some parents that I know that, you know, they'll wreck their fucking kids, right? You know, and and but there's a very fine line between um, disciplining your kid and abusing and abusing your course. kid. Of course, you feel me? Of course. So I think that a lot of people when they when they when they talk about hitting, they don't they don't they don't understand I'm hitting you or I'm disciplining you because my mom. The last time she hit me, I think I was like 10, 11, and she wrecked me, bro. Oh. Once, once, and my brother. And she said, sass, with the with the cord, with the vacuum cord. Oh, no, no, that's... You feel me? Because it came to the point that when she'll hit us, we would laugh. And it's it's not because you laugh because it was funny to you. It's just you, you and I look at it now and I'm laughing. You laugh because it didn't hurt anymore. Right, right. So you did not laugh no and more. And then, she hit my brother <laughs> she was like and you because you're his brother sass exactly bro. and that was the last time she ever laid hands on us yeah. right and it was just one of those things like yeah we got punished but it was a good type of punishment of course but it was it was a it was a it was it a, was a one-time thing all the time but it was well deserved because yes. of what you did you know and, and exactly. I, I can tell you right now bro um remembering these ass weapons my mom had shit stored in the house and like. i t and i tell like <clears throat> and i share with with my kids too like i'd rather have a i'd rather have a kid at practice with me that needs it because i'd rather keep an eye on them mm -hmm. because if if that kid gets turned away for not making the team i don't know what he's gonna do exactly is he gonna go home is he going to go hang out with his friends? Right. Is he going to go hang out with the guys that smoke weed? And I'm not, and again, we're not, it's not that we're talking bad about his friends, but 
you're going from a path where you possibly have a potential to become an athlete, you know, whatever it in is your, in your life or, or become something in your life. And you come to that fork road because you couldn't make that team. Well, which road do you go left? And is that a bad road? Right. Do you go right? Is that a good road? Right. You don't know. And, right. and, and, and touching that subject, bro, it, it, it's, it's got to me because I used to coach for the city of Paramount. Right. You were sharing me that. And, um, like I said, I coached soccer, basketball, football, and I, I did volleyball, but I couldn't really, I'm not, I'm not a volleyball guy, bro, I, I, you know. But I see it now how that city does not have sports for the public anymore. They do it through the schools because it's such a small city. Um, they have these after-school programs for the kids in the schools. Right. But there's only a certain amount of kids that can make that program, okay? And the way that it works is that, let's say you have a school and I have a school. You have 175 kids, I have 175 kids. Well, out of those 175 kids, only 50 of them can make it into that program. You still have 125 kids left that possibly want to play a sport, right. that cannot make a sport. That couldn't, that don't have a right. And the city at the time, because they couldn't play with the school, they would play at the public park, they would sign up. I was proud, bro, to be a coach there because I would discipline these kids to the point where the parents didn't like me. But like I told the parents, when they're at your house, they're your kids. When they're on the field, they're mine. I said, I'll all due respect. I said, this is my way of disciplining the kids and teaching them how to work as a team. I said, you guys may look at it as, as harsh, but I guarantee you at the end of the season, your thoughts about me will be different. Right. And sure enough, bro. Sure enough. Like, I, 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 I'm not... A low tone voice person that when when I yell, oh you'll fucking know it's me. And these kids would would get in line. How would I punish him? PT the fuck out of his ass. Hey, you're gonna do push-ups until I'm tired of seeing you fucking push the ground. And I would I wouldn't use fucking. I mean I would watch my language around. And it's hard to watch my language around me. Little kids, dude. Yeah. We're talking uh, elementary, junior high school. Um, so I would be like, you're gonna do push-ups until I'm tired. And if they don't want to do it, and the other team, hey, you know what? Everybody drop down on your bellies. And you're going to do a push-up and you're going to do it on my count. I said, when I tell you to go up, you go up. If I tell you to stop halfway, you stop halfway and you hold it. Some of these kids were fucking rude to their parents, bro, in front of me. And it's like, I'll take care of that shit for you. I will fucking discipline them. I will make your son sore and make him regret that shit. Right. And I, t- and I will tell the parents. Like, I'm, I'm and, I think, and I think that <clears throat> that's, a, uh, that's, a great, that's a great point because... Kids that disrespect their parents most of the time are kids that have been that don't know the struggle. They don't know what it's like to just eat bread and uh, bread and cream. No. Or they don't know what it's like to eat cup of noodles. Or they don't know what it's like to eat just you know toast and freaking or make what is it called uh, huevos and in huevos and weenie bro with, with, with our food like and I'm gonna tell you because yeah. you, you grew up in the same yeah. area I did bro with me this is what I was raised on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday okay but straight up pan, tortilla okay frijoles negros mm-hmm. on Monday frijoles colorados on Tuesday frijoles negros volteados on fucking Wednesday okay lentejas on Thursday uh-huh. okay and on Friday because my dad got paid, he would go to the market. And this is why I tell you that we grew up with love, not right, money. Right, right, right. He would go, he would buy Vandy caps, the fish sticks, okay? Mm-hmm. 
fucking Vandy Camp. I don't even know if they fucking sell that shit anymore. Okay. The Vandy Camp fish sticks. He would get onion rings. The Ole. Now remember clearly the Ole uh, white bag with brown and orange uh, and the yellow Ole on it. The onion rings. And he got these. Um, they're like uh, egg rolls, mini egg rolls. I can't find them anymore, bro, for the life of me and my older brother and I've tried. Okay. He would come home. Put the we put everything away. Um, he would call us outside. Hey, you know, that was the whistle, bro. That was the whistle. And we fucking like, hey, we gotta go, dude. Dad's home. Boom. We get in the house. My dad was putting the foil on the on the oven. Fucking oyas everywhere, bro. Because the fucking oven was the fucking storage for the oyas. Oyas pots, pans, everything, dog. I was like, fuck. The turkey, the thing where they cooked the turkey, all that, that shit was in. But yeah, everything was in. And everything fit. Exactly, bro. It's like Tetris to them. They fucking, they, they were the masters of Tetris. So he put the fish sticks in, bro, with the onion rings and everything. He put the fish sticks at the, t- at the, at the middle, the onion rings and the and the egg rolls at the top. Right. And then, vamonos um, pues, we'd go to the corner, dog. He'd take us to Virgil Video, because there was a video store at the corner. Video store? Yeah, the video, dog. Yeah, VHS. Who, who straight knows up. about that? I don't think these, my son knows about VHS, because I, I, we, we had a- uh, I have Selena in VHS. What? And I still have a VHS. Clear. Dude, I think I have one. I have in my daughter, my sit, my, my daughter's uh, <laughs> ultrasound in VHS. I think, I think my wedding was on a VHS, bro. <laughs> I think so, bro. With the big old fucking news camera, you fucking camcorder. Right. If hey, you had one of those, you were balling. You were balling, but we didn't, bro. I didn't get my Nintendo till I was eleven, fool. I didn't have a Nintendo till I was eleven. Oh, I had Nintendo, right? I had Nintendo, also within. And then I had Sega Genesis the, with Sonic the Hedgehog game only. Yep. And then I had the Super Nintendo with the Mario and the Street Fighter game, and that was it. Yeah, so I we got never, my... We, we, ne- we never bought. We didn't have the money to buy games. Exactly, because the video games, even though they were 20 bucks, that's... Hey, were made, they 20 bucks? I mean, probably, Like bro. 30, 50, Something 50 around bucks. Something around that, bro. But think about it, dude. What would my dad say? Hey, dad, que 20 dollars para esa mierda. Vení para acá. Vení para acá. 20 dollars te puedo comprar. Leche, pan, frijoles, tortillas. I'm like, fuck. And it's true, dude. Back then, 20 bucks, it got you a lot of shit. Right. Hey. So, these what? kids nowadays don't know the struggle of what it's like and it's cool. to and, grow up with that. And it's cool for them to, to hear it. Right, but then they look at you, bro, like you're stupid because right. they don't want to respect that. They're like, oh, well, that was so long ago. But see, the way I explain it to them is like, yeah, that was a long time ago. You wouldn't survive one fucking hour in my era. Yeah. One fucking hour. Uh-uh. Why? Because if your phone's gone, you don't have, we didn't have internet. We didn't have a phone. How many times did you have to dial the operator? Like, you know what operator? Um, I put my quarter in, but. 411 is what I would call. 411 for information because that was the information thing. Yeah. 411, hey, um. I just put in a quarter, but I didn't take my quarter. I was trying to make a phone call. Okay, they would tell you what to press to make that fucking phone call. And you bootleg, you got free fucking phone calls. Right, right. You feel me? But like I said, dude, you, I don't even, honestly, bro, I, I I saw one public payphone. Still, the old the old uh, Pacific Bell payphone, okay? When I was working at Home Depot in Whittier, it was in the back of the, in the garden on the, on the outside, and it was tucked away, bro. Hidden. Tucked away. It's a hidden gem sitting right there, bro. It's like a, a landmark to me. I was just like, what the fuck? Right. A payphone? And I picked it up, bro. It, went, it works. Do, 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 do. I'm like, what the Dude, fuck? It still what about, works. What about when the internet first came out? Dial-up internet. I thought I was a shit. Oh, dude. I um, I thought I was balling, bro. I had AOL. 
Hey, well. How about downloading downloading music through uh, LimeWire? Lime LimeWire or Napster? Híjole. Napster, bro. Napster was the original one, and it was LimeWire. And it was funny because when you logged on, you know, you click on it, it'd be like, And then we couldn't use anybody. Nobody, nobody could use, use the phone. phone. Nobody can use the fucking phone. How about this one? This is the best one. You probably had a girlfriend. I sure did. You'll have to call a house phone if. And it ha you knew you call you you let your girl know like, hey I'm gonna call you at this time you and I'm gonna let it answer. ring once no the way I would do it is it's true we had we had to do code because the parents wouldn't allow us to talk on the phone right so <laughs> and I your would, mom picked up the other side of the other phone like hey mijo yeah prestame el teléfono que quiero hablar por teléfono my dad would do it differently bro my dad my dad would uh my dad got me dude my dad I was on the I was always on the fucking phone dude I, I talked that, on the that phone. was our social media. I talked on the phone. And it was three-way calls, bro. It's like a party line, bro. I would call you. You would call, for example, like Ish. Ish would call Charlie. Charlie would call fucking Steve. Steve would call fucking Carlos Chim, and and we would all fucking be on the fucking. Come me and the fuck you with. It was that was our social media. And the way we would meet up, bro. Our meetups were at a burger joint or at a park to play either basketball, soccer, or football. Yeah. And that's how that's. Or, or that right was, after we got off the bus. Yeah. Hey, let's go get something to eat. Fuck it, let's go. Cool, but. Yeah, dude. I uh, my dad told me one day, you know, I was on the phone and I'm like talking and talking, and then my dad's like, "Hey, don't get sent por teléfono, dame el teléfono." I'm like, "Hey, girl, let me call you right back." <laughs> Fucking go hang up, and I would do some shit. I would have in my room. I, I have a, a turntable, a cassette player, and an equalizer. You were a DJ. No, no, no. I wasn't a DJ, bro. The DJs back in the day were Koei B, which is Michael Michael Marquez, and Froggy, which is Oscar Perez. Got those two you. guys, those two guys were DJs, and I, I, to this day, admire and look up to them, bro, because they, Michael, uh, Marquez, right? Michael Marquez, which is Koei B, uh, he has his own uh, production. No, his own uh, uh, dance station radio. He has his own radio on on uh, social media platforms like um, I, uh, SoundCloud, I believe is what right, it right. is. Okay. Um, Froggy mixes on uh, Twitch and um, Instagram. And uh, yeah, dude, these guys, you know, these guys, I looked up to them, dude, because through through junior high, they Michael was always DJing, and so was so was Oscar. And when we all went to Granada, they were fucking DJs for the parties that we had, you know, for for the events that we had at the school. And even after that, they were DJs for flyer parties, events, raves. That is crazy because that I mean that's a see that's one of the things that a lot of people uh, take for granted the consistency. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not gonna you're not gonna build something from day to night. You're not. You you those can't, guys those guys took forever. Right. And then they practiced and they mastered their craft, bro. Right. And it's like they didn't maybe they knew that what they wanted to do, but they didn't realize that 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 middle part, exactly. that training. Right. That showing up when you don't want mm -hmm. to. Okay, I gotta, you know, take this. I'm I have go a cold, I have a flu, I can't concentrate, my Guess head's what? off. Right yeah. now? You know, and, and right now, dope. it is, dude, and, and it's unfortunate right now, Mike has a lot of health issues, bro, and, and um, you know, he posted it on his on his Facebook, you know, that um, he's doing a kidney transplant, you know, if anybody could, you know, would look to be a donor, so I was like, fuck it, dude, I know this dude, I'll fucking give him my kidney. I, my, my blood work doesn't coincide with what he needed, you know, it, it, it didn't match, so... I felt bummed out, bro, because you know what? To me, like I look at Mike like a little brother. Okay. Same thing with Oscar. Oscar and I may have a different relationship as friends, but I've always looked out for Mike. You know, even in high school, Mike never had issues with people. Mike never had a problem with anybody in school. Everybody loved Michael. 
Michael did all these tagging uh, for everybody's books. You know, like you got the paper bag and you covered your book with the paper bag. You remember how to do that? Dude. The paper bag? Yeah, like you, yeah. would you would take the, the, the paper bag from the market, yeah. you would measure your book, and then you would wrap your book in that, and then you would give Michael your book for period one, whatever. He'd give it back to you by nutrition, and it had a fucking math and all this other kind of dope-ass fucking craft or whatever. And Or I would give Mike... Um, I would tell Michael, like, hey, dude, I'll give you five bucks or whatever. You know, can you do me a favor and make me my English, math, uh, science, and history fucking book covers for my book? Dude, he fucking had them. He did it. I gave it to him Friday. He would have them for me by Monday morning in homeroom. Here you go, bro. Boom. I put them on my books. And everybody wanted Mike to do his shit. We had Mr. Saxon for, for our class. Mr. Saxon. Yeah, dude. Mike fucking got down with Mike couldn't do his fucking project for the class because he was fucking doing everybody else's. But he was great at it, bro. He was great at drawing. And see the thing about high school, like I tell, I tell, like uh, my young kids all the time, right? This is the best time of your life. Right oh now. yeah. Once you guys leave, it's a whole different ballgame. You guys are grown ups. You're... You guys are not gonna see each other again. This is the last time you guys are gonna ever gonna step into the field. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. We're never gonna have the same quad ever again, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's um. It, the way I saw it, bro, is is high school to me was it wasn't a park. It was um it was a place to get away from being at home, meeting my friends, being with my friends all day. That's what school's about. You don't go to like I, I didn't. I didn't honestly, bro, when I went to school, I was like fuck school. I kept the C average, so I could play sports, and that was it. That's all that mattered to me. So it was so funny because I worked at the COVID clinic in July. And, you know, we're having a bunch of kids coming around, right? And I'll never forget this conversation that I had with one of them. I told them, uh, you know, because they started doing Zoom classes, right? And they're like, how do you like it? Like, ah, oh, you know. I'm like, look, this is a great opportunity for you to, you know, let your teachers know that you appreciate them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, te a lot of teachers do care. You know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, there's some of them that have been in the system. I want to say the system oh, for yeah. so long. That it's just over it. They're over it. Well, the, the, not the, well, the fact that they're over it, but they don't, feel, they don't feel as appreciated as they should. And right. a lot of the teachers are verbally abused by a lot of the students. If now, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when we were, there was a lot of respect with us back then, bro. You couldn't even fucking smack back to the dean. Because the deal would fucking get loud with your ass. I'm going to call there, your mom. There's a difference, though. We have respect at home. Exactly. Exactly. So whatever kids whatever kids are doing outside of home is a reflection. Of what they got going on at home. Exactly. We're you know, not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to respect me. I don't care what happens. You're going to respect me. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But whatever, how they behave is a reflection. Oh yeah, big time. You know what I'm saying? Big time. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that respect is given, not earned. Right. Excuse me. Respect is earned, not given. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. I knew what you um, And to be honest with you, bro, as I've met several of my son's friends, um, out of maybe like 10 of the kids, I think like eight of them are well respected and well, they carry themselves well. The other two, they're like little... They need help. Not that they need help. <laughs> it's just that they think that um, that everything they have is is given to them, that they deserve it. And I, I sat there and I've, and I've talked to my son and I've talked to them in front of his friends. And I was like, look, man, I like you guys. If 
If I didn't like you, my son would not be allowed to hang out with you. And if he did, I wouldn't let you in my house. Plain and simple. But there's two things you got to understand in life. Okay? Nothing's ever going to be given to you. And everything you're going to want to get, you have to fucking work for it. You're going to have to dig your nails into that fucking ground and claw your fucking way to wherever you want to get to. Because if you want good things in life, I don't give a... Like, you can think, oh yeah, well, I'm going to be a, a, a dope pusher and I'm going to fucking sell weed and all this shit. How far do you think that's going to get you? <clears throat> and I told him the story about what happened to me. You know, I was working at a dispensary and how we got shut down. Right. And I told him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, I'll, and I'll use that to help these kids understand. There's only so much of that you can do. Because you will attract specific attention to yourself within five to ten I want to say maybe five to seven years right. of you doing that you're either A gonna be robbed B you're gonna get fucking shot okay or C you're gonna end up dead why? because somebody's gonna want what you have and when it's easy to take something like that away from you because you have a weed shop you can get robbed they'll take your shit they'll take your money they'll take your shit you have to start over but if you have your other shit going on for you other than your weed if you have property if you have a business a bigger business than weed right you know if you have yourself like a clothing store if you have yourself an auto detailing facility where you know you go to people's houses and you wash their cars because I have friends that do that bro bro this is the thing that we like this is uh, ultimately is doing what makes you happy exactly right like like you said a wee shop you know those are the consequences, but those are the risk. Exactly. Right? There's because that's that's the attention you're going to bring to yourself. Right. But at the same time, it's like, if you're smart, you understand that you can be there anywhere from two to three, four years and just move. Exactly. Out. Because within those, I mean, that is popular. But Ooh. see, the thing too, and what I learned, and I don't mean to interrupt you, is we were there for a while. Right. Okay. We had our clientele. We knew who the big spenders were and what days they would come in. Right. And we'd have randoms, just random people coming in and out. But how far was that going to get us? Because on top of that, we still needed to get product. Okay? So we still needed to get product. So all the product we're selling, we still have to go and get. Right. So at that point, I'm just like, okay, well, why don't we start our own grow? Why don't we grow our own shit? Why don't we hire somebody yeah. and we produce our own stuff to become and this is what I was telling you this is the whole reason why I was in that movement of starting my own security business because at the time like I said I had idea I still have the ideas you know what I mean I still I still have all that stuff written down and 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 in a in my planner but <clears throat> at that point I was thinking okay we're going to expand we're going to need security at the at the the growth we're going to need me here we're going to need somebody watching that facility at all times so <clears throat> i started thinking like business you know like a businessman shit i can profit from this shit i can bring my fucking boys to work for us i could be making some fucking money <clears throat> i could charge ten thousand dollars a month for example and i've had four guys under me right i'll pay them two thousand dollars a month it may not sound like much but when you're just standing around in a, in a fucking grove, it's fine. But <clears throat> I can, at the same time, I can charge 10 grand for that facility, for the grove, okay? Right. And I could charge another eight grand for the shop. So the guys that are working at the grove, I can split that 10 grand between the three or four guys over there. And the eight grand that I'm gonna make here, that's mine. 
And if I need to kick down more to them. So see, this is where it gets where this is. If we go back to the same conversation: is doing what makes you happy, right? Everything has a everything has a start. Mm-hmm. Everything starts as an as a thought to an idea to a structure, right? And that is the process of training. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like trials and errors. Like if I run 30 minutes, okay. I perfect. can't even run five, bro. Right. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> you feel me? Shit. But it's just like the more you do it. It's just, it's just memory. It's now. repetitive. It's repetitive. It's, it's like yeah. okay, this. It's just when you approach someone with an idea, right? It just takes that initial, and yeah, they're gonna say no. It's an answer. That's fine. And then you go back and you rehearse it. Like you know what? I did it. This is this is why I did it. I I didn't build a relationship with that individual, right? So that's why you turned me down. All right, perfect. Next time, you build a relationship with someone, and you just act casual, right? right? A casual conversation, dude, this is my ideas, you know, what do you think, whatever. And then when that opportunity arises, they know who you are. Exactly. And they'll call you mm-hmm. to get your input. Bullshit you not, dude. I've um, I've pretty much have done security uh, after that. I did, I was a doorman in uh, the city of uh, Silver Lake for a bar, mm-hmm. a wine bar. It's a hole in the wall. It's pretty nice. Right. Um, I recommend it if people are listening. Uh, it's called Bar Bandini. It's really nice. It's I heard a, about it. Where's it at? It's on. Uh, so it's literally on Sunset and Mohawk, right next to the fire station. Literally, literally. So I'm over by Sunset and Vermont. Okay, so Sunset and Vermont. Going okay. east or going? Going east. Just drive east. Got okay. it. And you're gonna get like to passing Virgil, passing heading toward Virgil. Alvarado. It's before Alvarado. Okay, literally, sure. it's okay. the light before Alvarado, which is Mohawk. Okay. Okay. There's a pita, I think it is. Somewhere. There's. It's literally, dude. It's serious bullshit. You're not pita, and the bar's right next to pita. <laughs> it's right next to pita. <laughs> and um, it's a really nice little dive bar, bro. It's a wine bar. Um, I the the owners there, the bartenders, everybody's cool there, bro. It's. Uh, they What's the name wine. of it? Bar Bandini. Bar Bandini. Bar Bandini. And it's on. Sunset, uh, Sunset and Mohawk. Okay, yeah. in Los Angeles. In Silver Lake. Yeah. Okay, Silver, Silver Lake. Lake. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice bar, man. Um, it's subtle. It's like a little quiet. It's dark. Perfect place to take a, a, your, your female out for a date if you want to go. Um, so I did that, you know, security there for a while, and um, I just recently ran into one of the kids that I grew up with. Um, his name's Edwin, but he goes by the name of FIFA. Okay. He's a He's a Latino uh, artist, and you know I found him through one of my buddies that, that I grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. And I spoke to him, and bro, immediately, you know, I told him, you know, oh yeah, man, you know, if you ever need anything, look, let me know. And I told him, you know, I do security, so if you ever, you know, have an event or whatnot, you know, let me know, I'll, I'll take care of you. Bro, I get a call a month after that. Hey, bro, I'm having an event for my album release party. Um, how much would you charge me? So I sat down and I told him, what do you need? Do you need me armed, unarmed? How many guards do you need? What are we looking at? He's like, it's a simple event, bro. I don't need no weapons, nothing, no armed guard, just people to keep crowd control. Perfect, I said, uh, 300. What are the hours? He's like, from like eight to eight to 12, it's four hours. Perfect. I told two of my buddies, I was like, hey man, you wanna make a hundred bucks in four hours? Just do nothing but fucking check people, you know, check people, keep crowd control, and check out chicks. <laughs> All right, cool, let's go. And um, we fucking, I did it. All right. And and 
after that, he has somebody that needed security. Word of mouth. It's what it is nowadays. It's word of mouth. You know what? And that's what gets you people. Because if you do a good job, and the lady that owns that bu- the building, she's like, do you have your own business license? Do you have your own? I was like, look, I can get all that taken care of if you need it. You need somebody permanently? I said, you let me know. We can work out. We can work something out. I said, we can sit down and work out a contract. We'll go from there. And it's an actual building where they have events, right. weddings, parties, and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I never got a call back from the lady, which it's, it's fine. But right. you know, you but that, that's open there. Exactly, open it opens doors. Yes. It opens doors. Right, because so, she, if she doesn't need you, then she's like, well, I'm having, a, I'm having smaller events. Take a look at. Do you guy. want? Do you want to just come work by yourself? Yeah. Cool. Because all we did that night was just, uh, all I did was just pat people down, check that nobody brought in any, any weapons, um, slap wristbands on, and check for IDs. That's it. It's like a club type of thing, bro. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? It's an. It was an. E- it was. It was an easy. You know, it was an easy night. It was something that I did for him, and I've known this kid for forever, bro. I've known him forever, and when I talked to him that one day, man, it, it was the recognition he gave me made me feel like I actually did something. Like I actually, um, I was able to give back to my community. Right. Um. Because we would play football all the time on that street. We didn't end up in gangs. We didn't do any of that rowdy shit. I mean, yeah, that we fucked around and played ding dong ditch. Yeah, that was different. But we never, we never ended up hanging out in front of the house, drinking beer, smoking like most because of the other Because you come from a loving home. Well, in that too. But we, my older cousin, was the one of the OGs from the gang across the street from us. So we lived on Venice and Hobart. Okay. And on the north side of Hobart, between Pico and Venice, that's where the gang was. Yeah. And we were told by my cousin, if I catch you guys fucking around, I hear that you guys are in a gang or you guys are fucking around with my hood, I'm going to fuck you up. That's the fear that we had instilled in us, bro, because we were told, you're not allowed. So for me to talk to FIFA and FIFA to tell me, you know, that, you know, he's like, I thank you, you know, for... for you know, taking the time to teach us the right path, even though we were surrounded by so much shit, bro. Right. We were at that point, at that time in the We grew day, up in the era. Well, gangbanging was all over that at the time. Yeah. You know, and, and these fuckers would, they would solicit for minors to go join, for kids to go join. And I think that one of the best things that our parents, our parents did is send us out to school. They shipped us out, bro. They shipped us out. That's why, that's why I got shipped out. That's I went to Dixie Canyon Elementary. Yeah. I went to Carpenter. I went to Millican Junior High. So did I. And I went to Granada Hills High. So did I. And I think that, like you said, it was one of the best things that they could have done because... Going I, to the neighborhood school, once you get out of school, what are you going to do? And I got to meet all kinds of, of, of nationalities. I had Ms. Dave, my biology teacher. She was Indian. I didn't fucking know Indians could teach biology, bro. I, I was I was naive at the time. I didn't know that. You morons. You know, um... <laughs> um I had Ms. Dabe, I had Ms. Schwartz, where she was English. Um, Mr. Saxon, he was a black teacher that taught art, which was great. Um, I forgot my Spanish, Mr. Zimmerman for Spanish. I took Spanish for Spanish I would, lo- I would love to see Mr. Zimmerman. Somebody did a tribute for him on... on uh, he passed? He did? I don't know, I'm sure. Oh, no. Um, somebody did something on Facebook for him, bro. Uh, it, I don't know if you follow on Facebook, it's a Granada page. Uh, it is, I have. think. So I think somebody, because it's no longer Granada Hills High, it's Granada Hills Charter High School. Right. A lot of the schools out there are charter high schools. Um, so, you know, Mr. Zimmerman taught me, I mean, I thought I knew Spanish, bro. But that man taught me, I thought he Amistoso was, 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 was friendly. He's like, no, Amigable. And I'm like, what? Right. 
because people think that we're only because we speak Spanish. No, there's there's it's a proper. It's a terminology Spanish. that you use exactly. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. And we we speak we speak what they call slang. Right. And what for me to under learn formal Spanish, I'm like, con la gran puta. Like, right, bro. Yeah, this Mr. Simon was a cool cat. He was he saw me playing at LACC. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool, was, man. That's when I got scouted in '97 by Steve Sampson. No. Yeah, dude, that was Olympic Development Program, first generation. That was undocumented, bro. I didn't have papers. And and you know what? This is what pisses me off, bro, that that stops them from fucking getting you. Yeah. Like, that really is an athlete. When we graduated, we are supposed to go to Germany. Mm -hmm. Right? So I was already, like, in the program. But because I couldn't do all the traveling, I, you know. But it's, you know, it is what it is. It's a learning experience. Right. And then I became a resident that summer. And, you know, but I had a lot of opportunities. So you're you're a citizen. Now. I'm a citizen now. Oh, okay, because I was gonna call ICE right now, bro. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, bro. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> all right, guys. So this is it for today. Um, thank you all so very much. We will be having uh, uh, weekly episodes regarding life, fitness, health, uh, current events. Current events. Um, all right. Thank you.